the Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. most famous and most loved songs. They have quite an array of famously loved songs. Autobahn, uh, Trans-Europe Express, taken from the album Man Machine. Die Mensch Machina. I don't know how to say it in German. Grant Smithies is a big Kraftwerk fan, so I'll go for a pie. <laughs> Why not? You take as long as you like. Okay. You just listen to it from beginning to end. Because yeah. it's a ripper, this record. You love it, and don't actually, you? Beginning to end is only... 36 minutes or something. They yeah. don't muck around on this record, do they? No, they don't. And a lot of these songs go on a bit, but uh, they're supposed to, apparently. Yeah, in the best possible way. Kraftwerk, the German outfit, which is really Ralph and Florian, isn't it? Hutter yes. and Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not anymore, just down to Ralph Hosser these days. Yeah. Touring around with uh, three newbies when they do tour. But they, they, at the time, the, this was, you know, craft work was pretty established as this kind of four-piece thing. Yeah, yeah. And they'd just taken on um, Carl Bartos, plays sort of electronic percussion, who I think kind of co-composed some of these tunes. Because uh, this record is a bit faster and more dance floor and pop oriented than most previous things. This was their seventh album by this stage. Came out in May in 1978. It's kind of almost like the universal blueprint for synth pop with its sort of tappy drums and um, cooler synth sounds and lots of things that were to follow, new romantic sort of sounds and stuff yeah. all sprang off from this record, yeah. as well as big fans like Bowie were deeply influenced by this. When you line up people that have freely unpetitioned, uh, you're not holding a knife at their throat uh, saying, what do you think of craft work? It is astounding the amount of people not only citing Kraftwerk, but this album yeah. as, a, as a massive influence. We said the same with Trans-Europe Express, but a kind of a different lot uh, citing this album as a huge influence. And as you mentioned, it's that like yeah. the beginning of techno as well. Yes. John Harris, who does a bunch of writing for The Guardian a while ago, was delighted to get hold of Ralph, Ralph Hutter on the phone because he doesn't give very many interviews. And he said... Um, how special it was to be talking to the last remaining original member of the most influential group besides the Beatles. Yeah. And I read that and did a bit slight double take, but then I thought that's probably is actually true. <laughs> you can make a case, yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil McCormick yeah. said the same thing. The yep. Beatles and Kraftwerk may not have the ring of the Beatles and the Stones, but nonetheless, <laughs> these are the two most important bands in music history. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, a whole heap of um, hip-hop sprang off various things that Kraftwerk did too. So, they, yeah, they had uh, wide-ranging influences and in the sounds and ideas that they kicked around. And their main, I mean, their central thesis, I guess, through all these records they made was the impact of technology on humanity more or less. Nowhere more obviously than on this record, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, let's hear something which is pretty much bullseye for that thesis. 
We are yep. the robots. De Robota. Yep. I love it. Great song, I reckon. The beginning of the nightclub, Bush Bush. Yeah, more punchy up front in the mix sort of um, beats than uh, anything they'd previously done, and I wonder how much that has to do with um, electronic drummer. Carl you know, Bartos. Bartos, yeah. 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 Affable melodies as well, but I mean, that's a trademark Kraftwerk thing. Yeah, well, Hosser and Schneider met each other at conservatory studying classical music. That was their background. So they've got a d- deep understanding, I think, of how melodies strap together. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon they just threw it all out and, and just went for, oh, this is, it sounds nice. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> a bit of both. Yeah, Who I, knows? From a position of having some background knowledge, shall we say. Yeah, it's 
Robots. And, and, and a key part of their live performance where they um, often traditionally, you know, various disembodied, you know, legless torso, mechanical torsos would swing down from the rafters or the lighting rig or something and mm. with robotic arms on and for part of the tune and then the curtains would pull apart again and reveal the human band <laughs> after the song. Yeah. And apparently it once famously went wrong in Ireland and the curtains refused to close or open or something so the transition was cocked up. Oh, there's nothing like something that's supposed to be so well organised and Teutonic precision that yeah. goes horribly wrong. That that really does appeal to uh, my sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the idea of all these sort of roadie types in black jumpers because they really cared about how everything looked as well. Yeah. Scurrying out in black jeans, you know, scurrying out from the side and having to pull the curtains apart. At the wrong <laughs> at the wrong point where everything's on stage together. Fantastic. Do you think that Kraftwerk fell into this image of we are sort of robotics simply because they're using electronics? Because myself and I know you think this as well. It's it wasn't the compelling thing for me with Kraftwerk. For me, it was just their beautiful little melodies and organic sound. Actually, yeah, I think they were genuinely deeply interested in the impact of technology on society from the start. Okay. Yeah, and they were trying to capture that through sounds and also sounds that hadn't been made before because Schneider used to build little rhythm machines and, you know, they, they invented some of the stuff that they played on. Mm. It's kind of strange to think now when you listen to these things that their Kling Klang studios that they built in Dusseldorf, it was a revolutionary sort of studio at the time with the equipment they had in there, but these days you could do the whole thing on a laptop. A laptop would have more processing power than they had at the time because you didn't have MIDI. You couldn't sync up lots of these melodies. You had to actually play them. It was an elaborate palaver getting lots of these things to sound it the way they do. Far more elaborate than it would be these days. The method of craft work is find something that's technological, name the song what that thing is, and, and then and in, in whatever piece of music you've got, you just say what it is. Yeah, pretty much through a vocoder. Yeah, you just say, yeah. the next one's Space Lab, and so the tune, the main lyric is Space Lab. Yes. It yeah, is. True. And later on, you had Pocket Calculator. That's, to me, just got to be one of the most comical. Oh, as far as it being a sort of fairly throwaway and not very interesting device. Stunning. <laughs> but um, Space Lab I like because this, is, it's got a solid sort of 4-4 kick drum to it, like a house tune you know, designed for sort of club play, which they hadn't really cared so much about um, previously, on previous records, I don't think. Well, the word and clubs, we're talking just disco at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a club, is it not? It's a sort of nightclub arrangement. I'm actually uh, giving Kraftwerk some credit here for this is, we can't forget, this is before there any sort of rave scene, but it actually preempts it. Very true. And the person it, it recalls the most mightily, the space lab in particular, is um, Giorgio Moroda, who was a you know Italian um, DJ and record producer. You know, the this, this sort of elect more electronic end of disco, working in Germany as well. He moved to Munich and um, proceeded to 
produce all kinds of things, including most famously those early um, Donna Summer records, mm. where there's a serious electronic beat and she's wailing away over the top, which I think are marvellous. So this song really recalls that to me. It sounds like it's on the same page as him. Mm. We'll play what we can of it, give you an idea. Remarkable lack of ukulele. <laughs> yes. Lab. Oh, like someone really, really needing to go wheeze. Are we 
better get to a commercial break very soon. Uh, anything you wanted to say about Space Lab? Anything more about the lyrics? Uh, oh, uh, no, just... I liked Well, the lyrics you couldn't really take apart for too long, <laughs> could you? You're right. It's amazing. Just... It's amazing. Hutter gives himself credit for them. Yeah, yeah. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. For details, visit dockedge.nz. Here we go. We're looking at Man Machine by Kraftwerk, who at the time uh, just looked like a better-behaved Devo. Uh, that's true. What? And then we're, we're sliding now into Metropolis, which yeah. also sounds like Giorgio Moroder. These two have been stuck right next to each other. Mm. It was only the previous year that I Feel Love came out, by the way. So those sort of sequenced, arpeggiated synth thing was big, with, with a big bass line hoofing away underneath it. I would, Grant, I would just absolutely love a barbershop quartet to take that on. They should, wouldn't they? Because you could get the bass and the baritone guys, the two of them, going and then you get the one on the right with the high voice. He can just go, wah, I feel love. What a If someone was busking doing that, I would be giving them a fiver rather than my usual $1 coin. Yeah, yeah. New Zealand's got talent, question mark. We could enter. Yeah, if I could sing. Oh, it's a good we'll idea. We'll hire some your, people. It's one of your few good ideas. Thank I, you. I like it. <laughs> I want to see but it Metropolis, happen. I mean, the other thing about this song that's, of course, people obsess about, um, to a ridiculous degree, about various things that Kraftwerk have done. And um, Metropolis, inevitably someone online has taken this song and synced it up with the opening section of Fritz Lang's famous 1927 silent movie, Metropolis without any changes to the editing and so on. And lots of these chord changes and so on line up perfectly with rotating machines and ticking clocks and all these workers marching into huge factories, etc. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but the opening sequence is quite something. Yeah, the whole thing's quite something. If you haven't yeah. seen it, it's a, it, it is an astounding thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was made in, like, 1850 or something, wasn't it? It was made in 1927. Yeah, that's what I said, around about then. <laughs> yeah. So that's worth finding, but although I'm sure you could lay all sorts of other things over the beginning of that, and they'd also seem to be, oh my God, clearly they were listening to this when they made this. But it's quite a good thing to watch and listen at the same time. All right, Metropolis.
Anything else you want to say about the lyrics on that one? There are none. No. Really no, no. I mean, it's a, it's a tune supposedly about sort of the, the glamour. Oh, no, 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 no. I think it's clear, Grant, yeah. what it's yeah. about. Yeah. It's about Metropolis. Yes. Dot. But, I, but don't you think lots of these things are smitten with the beauty of technological advancements, in this case a city? Mm. Uh, later on, neon light strikes me as the same thing. It seems like naive and sort of open-hearted wonder rather than some sort of cynical or ironic thing. Same with, you know, Trans Europe Express oh, about yeah, okay. the trains travelling across the countryside. I mm. think there's a, there's a genuine feeling of uplift in these things, beholding these, you know, amazing things that humans have built. And that, I think Metropolis is, that, that's what I get the feeling that that's about. You, you could say that if you were desperate for a master's thesis. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, well, I will. Yeah. I'm prepared to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, fair enough. I'm only being cynical because I, yeah. I know whenever I'm talking with you, I get in the mood. Why not? Oh, let's hit the hit, daddy-o. Put your oh, hands like in the air like you just don't care. This wonderful thing which has been covered 9,567 times. Das Mordel. It's a beautiful thing, I reckon. You know, funky in its own sort of rarefied way. <laughs> so ahead of its time that it would become a number one in the UK three years after it came out. And the album ran on the coattails of that single as well. And the album, when it was released, went, mm, OK. And then when this was a hit, the album went up again. I think it had yes. a, its highest point in the charts three or four years after it was released. Yep. You know, this is the catchiest thing on here but that combination of sort of sparse tappy beats that are actually pretty pretty wimpy deliberately and big synth bass line and a hypnotic melody mm. with a sort of undercurrent of um, melancholy that's just been emulated sort of a million times ever since by all manner of synth pop and new romantic bands you know Human League Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark Gazza Newman you name it they've listen to this and taken notes I reckon
What a groovy thing. Yeah, it is. It's marvellous. All right, we'll take another break. We've got uh, two more tunes to discover from Man Machine by Kraftwerk. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. New Zealand's premier documentary film festival. Man Machine by Kraftwerk. Looking like Devo on the front, but they started it first. <laughs> I really love, on Neon Lights, Ralph Hutter's vocal style. He's, he's not going to get far in the voice with Simon Cowell judging or anything like that. But there's something really charming about sort of guy next door way of singing. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of unforced sort of croon almost. Same same when he sang um, the model. Eh? It's mm. I, I I really like his voice on these sorts of songs. I thought Neon Lights was extra. It showed it a little even more actually. Yeah, I think it's one of the most lovely melodies too. Something kind of gorgeous about it. The way it it's got that sort of chugging, stately pace to it. You know, the earlier songs like Autobahn and Europe Endless mm. uh, that I love. It, it's got a similar feeling that they had of that you're almost moving through a sort of landscape just by the by the sort of pace of it. Mm. Very simple lyrical rhymes and melody, but just just a lovely combination of things. It's been slaughtered by. Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark have covered this. You 2 have covered this. Simple Minds have done it, in, you know, as an encore in shows. And yeah. Stuff. Other people have taken it on. It's amazing how many. And, you know, the biggies. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. too. Yeah, why, you've got to wonder. Yeah. Why this specific song? Because to me, it's really married to Kraftwerk's own aesthetic, this song. The way it sounds, the simplicity of the lyrics, the... The whole thing, it just sounds like them so inside out like them. I haven't heard the covers, any of those covers. It'd be oh. interesting to know what they're like. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> but you can imagine this song with, you know, the Edge's effects pedal-laden guitar fanging away underneath it. That'd be a hideous act. That'd be an act of cruelty to a beautiful song, I would have thought. All right. Neon lights. And, the, I mean, this came out as the B-side of um, the model as a 45. Ah. Be a great 45 to have. One of those 45s where both song sides kick ass.
neon lights. A uh, piece of technology they liked, and so they say what it is. <laughs> yes. Don't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's exactly is. Yeah. It is. And it's simple. It's something kind of similar, simple and lovely about it. Yeah, it really right. makes me think, though, have, you know, when you drive into a, you fly into a city you've never been to before. Mm. You know, you arrive in Melbourne for the first time and you're driving in from the airport and you're going through a city and there's just neon, there's just lights everywhere. It, it does inspire some sort of awe and sense of adventure, doesn't it? Neon lights are nice. Yeah, I agree. That'll do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll take our last break and we'll come back with the title track, Man Machine, or in German, Dementia Maschine. Actually, in Yiddish, I think it works the same as well. <laughs> it's probably... The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. Man Machine is what we've been looking at. Craftworks album from 1978. They've done a lot of things. You, you basically pick either a piece of engineering, not in a Don McGlashan way, uh, but in a craftworky way, and sing about it. Or, yes. or just make m music about it. Autobahn, the train. They thought, no, we've been on a car. Let's look at a train. And so they did Trans-Europe Express. That was trains done. And a few years, a few years later, of course, they're looking at the bicycle. Yes. With the Tour de France record, because... Um, both Hutter and Schneider were fairly obsessive cyclists. Hutter, in particular, used to get them to um, let him off the tour bus 100 miles from any city that they're heading towards and bike the last 100 miles. Yeah. You know, strap on the lycra, mm. bike the last bit of the way. Because they pick one piece of technology and spend a whole album of it, it does leave you wondering and, and, and wishing. They just picked a different product, like yeah. a pencil shaker. In Syncorator, Garlic Crusher. Yeah, who knows? Pencil. No, they needed to be uh, powered by some sort of electricity for the most part, I think. Oh. You know, the Garlic Crusher wouldn't be good. Autobahn's just tarmac. Yeah, that's true. Good Bicycles point. don't run on electricity, it didn't then. No. I'm, no, I'm right. going for pencil sharpener or Garlic Crusher. I think they'd be good. <laughs> Cotton bud. Bugger it. Yeah. Hot, yeah, yeah. hot water bottle. Yeah. Actually, it, it doesn't matter too much, does it? Because, no. I mean, the lyrics on most songs are stripped back to the a little repeated phrase that's often delivered through a sort of vocoder or something. Mm. It just becomes another rhythmic um, and melodic element in there rather than it needing to have too much meaning ascri ascribed to it, eh? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have a lash at them now. I think you can make the argument. You can refute it as well, but I don't know how well. Uh, you can kind of become a bit of a parody yourselves when you're cornered into this we are robots sort of thing. You go on stage, you act like robots. Robots is the theme. We'll be unemotional robots. Um, I think they cornered themselves a bit, don't you? <laughs> well, I don't know how much they still... Um go down that road. Well, no, we're talking about maybe post-1978. What they did yesterday is probably irrelevant. He is probably doing a tune yeah, about yeah. the Zimmer frame. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I think they um, they were thinking about something inter theatrically interesting, which it was. Uh, publicity shots were often the sort of cy cyborg versions of themselves and yeah. things like that. I quite think they were, there was some sort of commentary going on about how personality could be stripped away from the music and the music could be appreciated on its own. You know, you didn't need all the... You know, both um, Husser and Schneider barely gave interviews, didn't want their personalities to be a big part of how people um, interacted with the music. Yeah. So I think the robot thing could have been a good part of that, you know? I know what they should have done an album about. What's that? Turn it off and turn it on again. Yeah. <laughs> In praise of the most 
useful piece of advice in all technology. Yeah, yeah, which works so often. It's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now our song from our new album, Turn It Off and Turn It On Again. I like well, it. they take themselves so seriously. It's so much fun to take the piss, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But, I mean, they, um, as we were saying, have had just a monumental influence on how music sounds yeah. on all sorts of levels in all sorts of genres yeah. the ideas that they were wrestling with in their cling clang studios had, had you know widely felt repercussions ever since mm. i always forget how just lovely these things are sonically like whenever i revisit one of these records that i haven't played for a while and play it again i sort of fall in love with it all over again yep. just the the melodies the sort of warmth of the sound so, so many things are stripped away from it that you just it, it gives you room to sort of emotionally rummage around in there yourself you know it's not telling you what to think about anything particularly with the lyrics no. <laughs> the sounds are <laughs> the sounds are sort of lift you up and affect you emotionally it creates a strong sort of mood and this is one of those records. There's nothing I would change about it. There's only six short-ish tracks, then it's done. It doesn't outstay its welcome at all. I do like the way, as you say, sonically they sound with the lovely, simple melodies woven over stuff. It's like they find the good melody, don't bugger it up, just yep. don't move on. There's the melody. Don't get cleverer. Stick yep. to it. And I just yep. think that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Like, the thing on Neon Lights, they do exactly that. And then just about halfway through or two-thirds of the way through, they just add another little melody in a higher synth sound trickles in and does something interesting, but not to the extent that it gets in the way. Thoughtful decisions have been made all along the way, which I think is partially why they... Um, people talked about Schneider, who did eventually leave being a sonic perfectionist like he would just endlessly worry away at these sounds and to the extent that everyone else was driven fairly mental and people would bail on the band because it was there was a huge gap between the this record and the next one and then another huge gap after that things slowed down markedly for them he seemed seemingly got became more and more of a perfectionist to the extent that other band members were driven demented and bailed Here's an idea they missed out on. If you're just going to pick a product and use its name as the theme for everything and the lyrics, pick one that sounds funny. Kumquat. Insufficiently technological, the kumquat. That would be your issue. Eftpos. Yeah, Eftpos. Now you're talking. Electronic funds transfer acquisition or sale. I was just remembering, actually, the um, in The Simpsons once, there was a, a German character drives up in a Mercedes to Bart Simpson at the side of the road and he winds the window down and Trans Europe Express or something is playing. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> it was really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bart is hugging Millhouse or something and he says, get a room, fun boy, <laughs> and drives off. <laughs> it's fabulous. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. No worries. Man Machine. Peanut Slab. <laughs> George Foreman Grill. <laughs> You're going to come up with a heap for the rest of the day. I can feel it. Natural glow. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny when they did a song about a pocket calculator. There are all these things kind of glorifying technology. Mm. Cities that where everything was having to sort of fit together to make this miraculous thing work, etc. And then there's a song about a pocket calculator. I just thought that was excellent for how trivial it was. <laughs>
weeks. Yeah, thanks, mate. All right. Shiba, 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 shiba.